Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller, especially when business owners who are trying to find qualified buyers are using inaccurate and outdated data. But it doesn't have to be this way. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, your organization can overcome these challenges by leveraging this amazing technology and platform that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights and sales. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to much better outcomes like build and bigger pipeline with real customers leading to higher win rates and conversions, and of course, larger deals and paydays all around. We call this deep sales and LinkedIn has built the first deep sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn sales navigator. Right now, our Millionaire Mindcast family has an amazing opportunity to try LinkedIn sales navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com forward slash mindcast. That's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash mindcast and get started. Welcome to the Millionaire Mindcast, where we broadcast weekly interviews with millionaire minds from across the globe to empower you on your journey of unlocking a rich and fulfilling life. It's time to unleash your millionaire within. Now, here's your host, Maddie A. What's going on, guys? Welcome into today's show. I got money on my mind. Every day. And today is July 23rd. I'm your host, Matty A, along with my co-host, Mr. Ryan Breedwell. What's what up, going what on, brother? How you guys doing? Man, summer has been ripping. It's been hot. It has been hot. It's going to be 104 today. And speaking of hot, the market might get hot this week. Yeah, no, it might. This might be, as we were talking about, the biggest oh, it's not going, single it's the biggest week in the biggest stock market, week for sure. in the stock market of 2022 the day that y'all are listening to this will be wednesday it's gonna be popping be, off we'll be two days into the uh into the fire and we are going to uh at at uh 2 30 p.m eastern time today being wednesday uh jerome powell is making his comments um, and we got some predictions for you guys. So we're going to be talking about has inflation peaked? Mm-hmm. What are we seeing with GDP numbers? Predictions coming out this week. Big shift. Big what does that have to do with the market as a whole? Mm-hmm. We've got rate discussions this week from the Fed. We'll be talking about the entire week of what we got coming up. But if you're new to the show, welcome. We talk all things money on this podcast. If that is of interest to you, using your money to go out and unlock more freedom for yourself, more impact in your relationships, more ability to serve and make a difference, and of course, enjoy a really epic lifestyle in the process, hit that subscribe button so you never miss another episode of Millionaire Mindcast, as well as if you enjoy any bit of this content, all we ask Take two seconds, leave us a five-star review in iTunes or whatever podcasting platform you enjoy listening to this content on. And if you haven't done so already, say what up to us. Shoot us a text, 844-447-1555. I've got a question for you guys. Come talk to us. Number one question that Ryan and I are kicking around right now is doing this show live every week. Ooh. Would you turn tune in live to ask us questions if we were to bring in particular guests, it would be on any streaming platform. So it'd be YouTube, oh, it Facebook. Yeah, we got we Spotify can do it. Oh, we got it all, dude. See, I'm so, not just so y'all know, I am about as technical as a rock. I don't do the technical. Matt's over here. He's like, oh yeah. By the way, it's not me. It's Anthony. Look. Oh, Anthony. Anthony's, yeah. Shout out to Anthony. Yeah, He's An- the technology. Anthony. Man. We got Anthony back, and so we're we're kicking around the idea uh, of doing Anthony. this as a live show for you guys, being able to pull up. Superhero. On the screen, what we're seeing, graphs, do all kinds of taking it to the next level essentially is 
you know, we want to continue bringing more value to you guys. Shit, I'm going to be on a camera, man. Uh, We might have to. It adds 10. It may add 15. We we might have to clean up a little bit (laughs) for you. But uh, if that's something you'd be interested in, shoot us a text and just say live. You know, just let us know if that's something uh, it'd be, you know. I don't know. We'd we still, we might we would do... still post the, the the recorded podcast after. Abs- so absolutely. You, so if you weren't av- available to go to the live, we yep. just want to know if I'm thinking people... we do like you know wine and wealth building Wednesdays or wine and something wine and who knows. But oh my god, if I had to drink every single time, oh my god, <laughs> we'll just we'll, we'll work it in with your norm, your normal drinking rhythm, okay? <laughs> Uh, so if that's something that you guys would be interested in, shoot us a text, 844-447-1555. If you guys haven't taken advantage of your free financial x-ray yet, don't oh. forget to text the word x-ray to Ryan and his team who will go through and do a complete comprehensive deep dive into your investment portfolio free yep. of charge yep. just to get you clear on where are you paying your fees, Based on your goals, are you actually allocated accordingly to actually move the needle forward? It's a really, really valuable resource, so you can take advantage of that. Also, we've got our upcoming NAPA event, our very first Wealth Wine and Dine meetup. This is going to be an intimate one. This is going to be one that... It's a lot of fun. Well, it's going to be... Oh, it's going to be I mean, we're, we're talking... This is going to be a day of experiencing NAPA unlike any other way you've done it before with a group of hard-charging entrepreneurs, business builders, investors, Ryan and myself. Transportation is included to and from all of the wineries. we got a private farm-to-fork chef's table dinner happening. I got, I got the we, whole last stop completely... Don't tell them everything. I'm not. I'm just going to say the last stop is completely... You're gonna rent have, it out for us. You're gonna have, have a private chef, a custom millionaire mind cast bottle of wine with your name on. We gotta, we gotta, we're just gonna bust out some really cool stuff for our very first meetup event. We want it to be Which fun. We want it to be less. exclusive, and you to be surrounded by high caliber people when we're talking about your business, your investments, wealth. So this isn't the beginners type of event. It's only gonna be eight slots on that bus with Ryan and myself. So just think you're going to be getting to really connect and network with really high level people, building real relationships, talking real wealth building. And we're going to have a lot of fun doing some winery tours, tastings. And we got some other uh, surprises mapped out for you guys along the way. So if that's of interest to you, text the word NAPA to 844-447-1555. And then we got the upcoming, and the details are going to be coming out on that this week, guys. Yeah. So we need, uh, and just to give everybody an idea, um, I think August 5th is two weeks from this week, correct? Yeah. This, yeah. So we should probably have that. We're going to probably lock down the list here in the next uh, yeah, two date, weeks. Yeah, date's going to be September 22nd. It's a Thursday. We're going to be doing basically from 2 to 10 all afternoon. Um, I would you, suggest staying in town just so you're not oh, yeah, trying you, to figure out if you're going to be rec- salsa. Yeah, the way that it's going to work is uh, once everybody signs up, I will, I'll give you a couple places. You're going to be responsible outside of uh, the cost for just your hotel room and then um, your transportation, obviously, to and from You know when you're done there. But I'll give you some suggestions. Um, if anybody is going to be flying in, like if I, you know, if you're flying in, uh, Matt and I both we could probably help you get to and from the Sacramento airport. Don't even fucking ask me to go to San Francisco. That's on you. <laughs> um, but for the Sacramento airport, that would be something we could probably help you out with. So just we'll get that all figured out with the, with the details. But um, I mean, eight eight slots. It's they're not gonna, a lot of people. They're going to go fast. So you're going to be with me and Matt all day. You'll get yep. to talk to us all day. You'll get well, to, and already at least from the people who have texted in that are already on the list. Again, we might sell this out within seconds because Correct. we've got way Once more than eight. Post. We've got way more than eight people on the list. Yeah. Um, so this is a test for us. You know how these first ones are. They're organic. They're fun. They're real intimate. You really get to connect and build relationships with the right people. And we're pulling out all the stops. Ryan is making sure that this is an epic experience for anyone. One, I go to Napa a lot and I love wine. And every time Ryan seems to... Um, 
find a way to surpass the last time we went tasting together in Napa. So I can tell you, you're going to have an amazing experience in terms of just tasting wine and experiencing Napa at the highest level and then doing it in a business format. I don't know any of, it, of any other uh, business write-off that will be as enjoyable as this one, but this one Correct. is an absolute business expense. Um, and so you're going to be around really cool people. So Text the word NAPA, 844-447-1555. We're going to be getting out more details this week, um, and we're excited to connect with some of our amazing listeners. I'm excited to get events back on the calendar, man. Yeah. A lot of y'all don't know, but if, if Matty A didn't do the Rich Life slash Millionaire Mindcast events... We would have never connected. We the show never wouldn't connected. That's to show you how important it is, real human interaction. Don't get me wrong. I work with a lot of you y'all and talk to y'all virtually which is great but yeah. when we got these opportunities to get together and it's and we can there's nothing other, like there's nothing pressing like palms giving people hugs saying what uh fist bumping whatever you know works for you but getting in proximity and how that changes relate i mean when i look at the amount of people that have impacted my wealth building journey and just me as a man and and who i've become along the way most of those relationships were from masterminds or events you know, getting in meetups, proximity to there's, people. Because then you're like, that is my, yeah. that's my person, man. Yeah, it's like, like something happened. Where have you been my whole life? It's like you pass this this uh, threshold. It's like we are part of the gang. Yeah. The, the XYZ event gang. So you guys know these events are not profit centers for Millionaire oh, yeah. Mindcast. These events are literally as much as we can charge to make the most epic experience possible and, and have it be reasonable yeah. and get reinvested back into you guys, that's literally, these are break-evens for way, us. And we're way under. Just so you guys know. To, yeah, we're not trying to make these, you know, 200, 500 person events. That's why no. we're trying to do 8, 15, 20 people. I want to know our listeners. Correct. I want to know the epic people that are out there doing the same stuff we are that want to connect, want to collaborate, want to mastermind, want to lift each other up. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of these events. So I'm fired up. Our Wealth Wine and Dine meetup in Napa Valley, September 22nd. We also have the dates for the Tour of Tahoe Mastermind, which is going to be all about real estate investment, scaling your business. And that is going to be in October from the 18th to the 21st. More details coming out on that this week. But that is going to be a three-day, uh, three-night, four-day epic event. We're pulling out all the stops on that one. That's going to be a very intimate event. Only 15 to 20 people on that one. Um, so you can text the word Tahoe to 844-447-1555 as well. That being said, we've got some very exciting stuff going on for our Millionaire Mindcast community. We just want to continue to find ways to connect dots with you guys, get in proximity with you guys. Um, so... We got a big week coming up here in the stock market and arguably the biggest week for the stock market and a lot of economic implications as a whole for what this next quarter and really remainder of the year is going to look like. Inflation has continued to be a point of discussion that is a major concern. It's what the Fed is ultimately fighting right now without really stamping out, you know, stomping out the economy momentum as a whole, tight roping that whole balance between, you know, quantitative tightening, but still, you know, taking what momentum this crazy machine of capitalism has created for America. And we've got GDP um, reports coming out this week. So real quick, let's, I want to get your take on inflation, you know, GDP rate hikes, but to talk about how big this week is, just to run through with you guys what this week's meetings look like and the agenda on Monday, July 25th. We've got the Chicago Fed National Activity Index for June. This is a composite index of other data. We've got Dallas Fed Survey of Manufacturing Activity. So Monday, nothing too exciting. Yeah, nothing major. Tuesday, the 26th, we got the S&P Case-Shiller House Price Index. This is important because it's talking about, ultimately, what are we seeing for values increase in homes over the last year? And really, what does that chart look like? So this shows year-over-year -year change in seasonally adjusted national index composite 
10 and composite 20, which are basically the indexes that track all of the housing data and the growth. So we're seeing a consensus for a 21% year-over-year increase. So that'll be an interesting, you know, is the market cooling? Are we seeing, you know, some of these, um, are we seeing this plateau or continue to trend upwards? Uh, we've got the new home sales for June from the Consensus Bureau on uh, Tuesday as well. Um, and that's going to basically, you know, that graph, what they report, shows new home sales since 1963. The consensus is that um, we're going to see that drop a tiny bit. We'll see there. On Tuesday, we also have Wednesday. This is where it starts getting saucy. I see. Yep. Stars getting saucy. The Mortgage Bankers Association released results for the Mortgage Purchase Applications Index. We got durable goods orders for June from the Consensus Bureau. Um, they are saying, predicting a uh, half a percent in, uh, decrease in durable goods orders. We've got pending home sales index for June. The consensus is for a 3.7% decrease in pending home sales which would be in line with the trends we've been seeing. 2 p.m., Federal Open Markets Committee meeting announcement. Big. Expected to raise rates 75 bips, yep. increasing the target range for the federal funds rate from two and a quarter to two and a half. And then right after that, we got Papa Pal yes, getting on the mic, at yeah. spitting some gasoline, which ultimately is going to do what? It's going to do just that. It's going to spit some gasoline on the fire. Or it's going to fucking light a fire somewhere else. Uh, he's going to give guidance moving forward for the Fed and kind of have, that's honestly going to be almost bigger than the rate decision is him, what he says about why they made the rate decision and what they're going to do moving forward. Because it's going to give guidance on what the, did the market bake in the correct assumptions or did they not bake in the correct assumptions? Because we were talking about this a second ago, you know, has inflation peaked out? And really what they do on Wednesday could somewhat be foreshadowing. I said, hey, if they go 75, they probably think it peaked out. If they go one, that may at least indicate that they still feel like they need to take a harder stance on curtailing some of the loose ends of inflation that maybe haven't yep. Yep. peaked out yet. You yep. also brought up a different point of saying – Maybe it has peaked out, but they're still going to raise it with that aggressive stance to not have to maybe trickle out any additional well, yeah, rate say, hikes hey, throughout the we, remainder of the year. We're doing this one and then we're done. My, my, what I want them to say is 75 basis points and we're going to back off. But what I feel like that is going to be said by Chairman Powell is 75 basis points and we're going to be sitting and waiting to jump back in if we need to jump back in, which is going to essentially be what he said the past three times, which is going to tell people that he's going to continue to on this path of raising interest rates. And we may not see a moderation or stopping of that till Q1, Q2 of next year. Um, with all that being said, I'm hopeful that he says something maybe of a hybrid of those two and it gives people a little bit of a more of a foreground to let them know that even though people keep saying you know now and you're going to hear it this week more and more and more hey a recession is for sure recession is for sure but that's because more than likely on thursday the gdp number that comes out is going to be negative um which is again doesn't indicate a recession, but indicates a technical recession. Like I've been telling people on our show for months and months and months that we're already in a technical recession. It's pretty obvious. Um, and that would, that would be kind of good in my opinion. That would say, hey, here's the sheets of everything. Yep, we've been in a, re a technical recession. Look at how scary it's been. Has it been so bad, right? Um, that would be better then not, not, not that, but at the same time, what would feel better to you as an investor? Hey, 
what we told you back in February that of our session may have started and we might have been going through it now. That's not happening anymore. And now the recession fears might reset and start again. Is that better? Do we say, hey, no, we haven't gone through a technical recession and now we may, we may now in the next 12, 13, I just feel like we're just kicking the can down the road. There's going to be another recession at some point in the future. There's going to be another downturn in the market. There's going to be a correction. So I don't I think get just calling the, a spade a spade is like it's a technical recession. You know, it's, like it's just I, I, you you brought it up, so I, I pulled it up this morning of what the White House put out because they've really been trying to control. I don't understand why they're so. Well, I mean, I get it. I do it, because it's, it's midterms a, yeah, and it's elections. People and they, elect the president based on what happens in the stock market. Right. That's why. It, a big part of it. It's the majority. So they put on their website, what is a recession? While some maintain that two consecutive quarters of falling real GDP constitute a recession, that is neither the official definition nor the way economists evaluate the state of the business cycle. Instead, both official determinations of recessions and economists' assessment of economic activity are based on a holistic look at the data, including the labor market, consumer and business spending, industrial production, and incomes. Based on these data, it is unlikely that the decline in GDP in the first quarter of this year, even if followed by another GDP decline in the second quarter, indicates a recession. So I would agree. That's something that I would agree with. And I have been saying that as well, that a technical recession is going to cause rotation and falling of prices and assets that are not quality are going to be exposed. But I've been pointing out the labor market is still strong. I've been pointing out that payroll is still strong. I've been pointing out that average work week is still strong. And people are pointing out these little cracks like, oh, there's a there's a rise in initial claims. Yeah, by what, 3,000? Yeah. Like one point fucking six million? I mean, like, what? What are we really doing yeah. here? Are we really splitting hairs like that to say that this is the, that's the, the, the straw? We're waiting for the straw to break the camel's back? I, I, I don't think so. Yeah. What I do think is what we've been saying, you just got to be selective of, of your... It's been so easy to make money. People forgot that you have to be selective. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just what's really going on. It's been so damn easy to make money in the stock market or in the real estate market. People forgot you got to be selective. You actually do have to crunch numbers on your pro forma, and you have to make them not sexy, and you have to assume worst-case scenario. Yep. Even, if you do, even if you want the asset so bad that assuming worst-case scenario would make it not feasible, that's what a smart investor does. Even if you want, the, if, even if you want to put 80% of your money into one stock, because you're a Tesla fanboy, because you love NVIDIA, because you love Palo Alto Networks, because you're a Bitcoin you know, fanatic, is it really the smart thing to do? Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think one thing that this whole, as we've over the last couple of years really sharpened our own pencils in tracking data, what I've learned in this whole process over the last few years and, you know, hopefully this is a good lesson for anyone as well is statistical data can be easily manipulated to tell a story and support a specific stance. But when you really have to kind of peel back the layers of these statistical numbers and look at the hard data and the real numbers and the pool and the set and the data sets right now are really important. A lot of people are pulling data sets that are three years old and like it had, Exactly. I can't, I can't stress that like what happened in the past two years is not normal, and therefore you have to pull data sets from 15. I mean, we do like 18-year pullbacks because it cuts out essentially. We, that's really like a 15-year because the three years in there, we're trying to buffer out with additional three years of, of something that's normal. Yeah. Well, a perfect example, right, is 441% year-over-year increase in foreclosures. Yeah, but that but it's like, <laughs> but if you right, but it's still forty percent below pre-pandemic levels. Four hundred forty-one percent. You could spin that to be very scary. Foreclosures are back. Da da da. You could tell whatever story you want with, you know, things are melting down because foreclosures are spiking four hundred forty-one percent. Oh yeah, but that four hundred forty-one percent is still forty percent below 
pre-pandemic levels, which were extremely low if you go and look at the data. So I think it's really important to be not allowing, you know, headlines, not allowing even sometimes statistics to or influence. People, or, hey, or gurus on. I'm starting to see some people that, you know, were doing good coming out saying the housing market's crashing. You know, it's crashing. It ain't crashing. I don't think it's crashing. Just I mean, like I don't think the stock market's crashing. I think that stock market has gone down quite a bit more than the real estate market has or will. Um, but it's just you, you have to, to match point the holistic or the White House. Good Lord, what am I saying right now? You have to have a holistic view. You can't just say this one thing completely defines this whole data set. Yeah. Because then things would, I mean, can you imagine the volatility if, if, if there was a one point of failure for everything? Yep. I mean, that would be so, it would, you would, you'd be almost impossible to be successful. There's too much systemic risk in, in our world. Yep. So you got to have a holistic approach when you look at stuff. I am under the camp, and then I will tell you that I am at the a point where I am saying inflation is no longer going to go up and has peaked. So there's been a lot of arguments lately and comments lately that many people think inflation has peaked up. I'm officially saying it has. I've been tell saying us it's more. been cooling. Um, I think that it has now. Why do I think that it has? Because I don't track headline. I track core. And even though we had a bump up in core due to the, um, the temporary spike in uh, early June, it's an it's a overall consensus that inflation has peaked because we're starting to see things kind of reprice themselves back into an area of, okay, we got way too hot and heavy on pricing. People aren't buying it there. Eventually, supply and demand do their job, right? If there's a lot of supply, demand starts getting cooled off because it can't afford it. That supply sits. And when that supply sits, it costs people money if you want to go down to the basics of how supply and demand works. And so to move that supply, because they're going to have reordered more supply based on what was going on prior, that's COGS, cost of goods and services, all your, you know, your supply chain metrics, they're going to lower the price on that, that supply so they move it, and that's going to lower the, the, what that person supplying that supply can do. It. So that's the supply chain. That is what's happening. That's why when you raise interest rates, it stifles demand, which allows supply to catch up with demand or demand to catch up with supply, whatever mm-hmm. needs to happen. We're starting to see that happening. One of the main things that needed to cool off was the housing market. It was just... It was too much of a seller's market. I mean, just it was too hot on one side and needed to kind of have the needle push back towards the middle. Um, and again, if people are worried about that, shit, have you not known real estate more than 24 months? I mean, the norm, when I bought my house, I mean, we had to make multiple offers. It was competitive on both sides. It was competitive from selling your home and competitive to buy the home. You had to have a competitive offer with good contingencies and you had to have a good home to sell i mean it would welcome to normal normal bartering and and people are again people are so under the rouse or guys that it's so easy to make money in the stock market so easy to make money in the crypto market so easy to make money in the real estate market and it's not anything can happen short term whatever we're talking long term Mm -hmm. generational wealth yep not high high account balances wealth um so that's what's been lulling people to sleep and I've been saying it, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. It's not hard to make money in a bull market. It's hard to make money in a market like this because you don't want to lose a lot of money. And that's where, you know, working with somebody like myself, if you're willing to not take a lot of risk, we can help you stay fully invested and not take a lot of risk. Just like you know people leverage your expertise to get into commercial real estate or, you know, stuff that they just couldn't do themselves. Right. You know, you're not going to pull up to somebody's hotel and be like, yo, I want to put some money in this thing. You know, the people just don't do that. Yep. People want to do that, but just people can't do that. So that's what we, you know, provide ourselves for going back to the inflationary numbers and the GDP numbers and everything like that, though, I am in the camp now that inflation has peaked and we should see, Oil prices start to slow and go down, like I was saying. We should see um, gas prices start to moderate. We should see food prices start to moderate. We should see energy prices start to moderate. 
Um, and those are the areas of the market that are, have been most affected by this inflation, is our energy and our food prices. And so that's where I think people are going to start feeling it the most. Um, with all that being said, inflation isn't going down. It's just not going up. So now we have to deal with the, it's almost like we didn't know where we were going and now we're there. So now how do we deal with this and start getting it back down to levels that are more acceptable? Just like when un, uh, unemployment gets up to five, six, seven percent, how do we get it back down to three, four percent to where it's, you know, something we can deal with and mm -hmm. moderate? That's where we're at in this, in this cycle. And this becomes the point where we have put the food on our plate and now we can see what we're eating. So now we can eat it. Um, end of a, um, this type of cycle, this kind of credit inflation cycle that we're in. Um, you may touch on GDP or did you want to? Yeah. I mean, I, I think one of the things, and I'm curious on, on your thoughts. So uh, famed economists that both you and I like advisor to Allianz, our man, Mohammed El Arian. Yeah, he's the boss. Um, I think inflation has on CNBC this week. I think inflation has peaked in the ah, U.S. There we go. At Boy. least for the next three to four months. But the problem is not that inflation is going to come down. That's a really good thing. The problem is that inflation is going to come down with growth probably going into a recession, and that's not good news. Goldman Sachs said. A broad slowdown would hit corporate America, too, even though it has so far weathered 41-year high inflation without much impact to profitability, right? Speaking to earnings, um, in the first half of the year, Americans have picked up the slack for corporations, but soon U.S. companies are going to find it increasingly difficult to pass on price hikes to consumers, Goldman said, and that's left earnings estimates far too optimistic. So talk to us a little bit on... I've heard that record, though. I've heard that record for the past uh, two earnings okay. reports. And, what, and, and now, the, from, the, from what we've seen, 74% of earnings reported in the last week have been beer better, correct? Ha have beat and been better. Um, and a lot of them have been, I'll say, si significantly better and optimistically better. Um, I've heard that record played where consumers are eventually going to, you know, stop. And I've even said it myself, you know, that's something that we need to look out for. But what we've consistently seen and what you have to do is you have to track consumer behaviorism through market cycles like this. I think people are taking data sets based on how people have reacted without baking in 2019 and 2020. Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are gonna fill up fast and trust me, this is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application now. Again, that's myfirst50k.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. I just don't think that that demand has exhausted itself yet in the market as far as people traveling, as far as people doing things they want to do. 
Because when you, if you think about losing 18 months of doing stuff, I mean, I, I was going on two trips a month. So for me, that's like 36 trips I didn't take. Hmm. And then I got into the habit of not taking trips and working more, right? So now I have to work, now I have to work my old lifestyle back in with my new one. I'm not convinced that the travel demand and the leisure demand and the consumer discretionary spending is going to push back against the, um, the wall that is, hey, we have to pass costs through. I think people, I think that that's a good point to be made, but I think that's a point that would be a lot, have a lot more water to hold if we didn't have COVID that happened because people didn't spend money for 18 months and they got a shitload of free money and a lot of people made a lot of money during mm-hmm. that time mm-hmm. that they, did, they couldn't spend. When does that cap out though? When does, that, when does that when does that trough run run dry? It Knowing may, the the never. habits of it the money never. habits of most Americans, that's the it's question, not, right? It's not money. Well, the thing is, people that have money have money. That's the bottom line. Uh, if you were listening to the American Express earnings call last week, I was listening to it, and their CEO, I mean, blatantly, pretty much said, "Our clients just have money. We're not Visa. We're not Mastercard." We're American Express. We tend to have clients that have a higher level of discretionary spending. Mm -hmm. And they're spending, and they're spending a lot. And they're not slowing down. In fact, they keep beating month over month what they spent last month. And they're not holding balances. They're paying them off in full or holding small balances and using our, they have a pay forward method where you can say, hey, I'm going to have a bigger balance Mm -hmm. than I expected. Let me pay it off. Let me plan this with you over three months, you know? which is a nice feature. It helps you be responsible, in my opinion. Um, I agree with him. And, and the thing is, you will see it time and time again because poor people are reactive and upper middle class and wealthy people are proactive. Whenever there's any sort of thing that happens, the wealthier get wealthier and the poor get poorer. And I think that happened here. Some people jump out of that basket and get into the wealthier basket, but a mm-hmm. lot of people stay behind. Wealthy people are spending money and they're spending money not at breakneck pace, but at a consistent pace. And it's not, it, I don't see it slowing down, maybe ever, especially if the news keeps saying, oh, we got the BA... The BA fucking five variant, whatever it is, sounds like a damn airplane model. Oh yeah. Now we got all the they if they keep that narrative out there that there is a potential that something might happen. I mean shit, all people are gonna do is do the same thing I did when I booked my trip to Mexico. Check that box. Thank you, Allianz, for forty one dollar full trip coverage in case my shit gets canceled. I get all my money back. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all people are gonna do. They're gonna book through Places like Booking.com, like uh, Expedia, like Trap, where they get a free cancellation guarantee. They're going to make sure they book through airlines. They have a, a refundable cancellation. That's really all that this did, but I don't, I don't see it slowing down. It's completely rewired people's brains. Yeah, the psychology has definitely shifted for sure. hundred percent. And so, I mean, it's gonna, it's gonna, we're going to see it play out, but I don't know if we'll see a slowing down. If anything, I think it's just going to keep at this pace and then accelerate back to levels where it's normal when people that don't normally have discretionary income have an excess of it. Well, I think that's, uh, again, coming back to something we're paying attention to, right, which is unemployment, which this last week, it was a small uptick. I mean, I mean, practically a delta that is irrelevant. Yes. But as you start to pay more attention, that I think that's the biggest thing I'm paying attention to is because as, you know, unemployment ticks up. Less people have, more people have less disposable income and they spend less, then obviously those certain companies are going to show squeeze margins and show less profits, which then those companies are going to pass that on to their employees, which is going to be layoffs and probably upticks in unemployment, which then, right, that trickles out into the economy as a whole. And how that plays out right now, we're just not seeing any of yeah. that data like that. That is kind of the sequence it's of how it happens. If, if, if right. If, if. It, that's what that's what I would say is the waterfall I would pay attention to less disposable income, less spending, right? Less consumer confidence, even average hourly work week going to 
which is it's going up. So so a lot of that data, right, is not trending in this particular direction. But then, right, less spending means less company or business profits, less earnings, more layoffs, more unemployment goes up. Then we might see more distressed real estate, foreclosures, forbearances, you know, things like that, right, that, that slowly start to soften things up. But in terms of levers of what we could see of catastrophic crashes or data that's running away that we should be extremely concerned about, they're, they're, I mean, they're... Here's the fun part, guys. Here's, a, here's another one that... There isn't nobody, any Let me that. ring this bell that nobody sees and probably nobody can think about. Uh, maybe I'm being a little facetious. Somebody's thought about it. Maybe they have just be the first one to say it. <laughs> what, happens if the, what happens if that does happen? We're at two and a quarter percent, y'all. What happens if the Fed says, oh, you know, we tried to raise interest rates to go back to zero. Stock market on a rocket ship again. Mm-hmm. I just don't see, I see more and more light. No matter what scenario lays itself out, because we've already gone through so much. I mean, what about the Ray Dalio type of conversation, right? Of like the, the downfall of regimes, and we're talking more macro from a macro perspective of the civil unrest between the left and the right, you know, the debt cycles, you know, coming to an end. We've got, you know, definitely global conflict and what's going on with Russia and Ukraine and just kind of now being more globally intertwined than ever before. We're seeing the Panamas and the Sri Lankas and some of these other, you know, countries that are potentially having some issues. Like, what is that if anything, mean for our stock market, our economy as a whole, our real estate. I just saw an article um, recently, you know, China invested and purchased over $6.1 billion worth of real estate last year. You know, some of those types of, again, these are more of the fringe rabbit hole type of conversations that maybe your, your bears and your doomsdayers love to latch onto food shortages and issues and then that domino effect right Mm -hmm. guys we're we're not fringe investors and we don't buy the fear because if that shit happens shit shit's hitting the fan and it's it's getting real ugly right and that is such a small percentage of likelihood that if you're planning for that and you're giving that much energy and resources and time to that, I mean, you're missing on a massive amount of upside in capturing what ultimate optimism is going to unlock and historically has unlocked for most people that have bet on those things not happening and being optimistic and following a fundamental plan that consistently has worked historically through every one of those cycles. Yeah, I, I would say that the other side of the coin, whenever there's a negative something going on it just makes our domestic economy that even though we have turmoils are much less risky than some other geopolitical risks that are dealt with like in europe and eastern asia and southeastern asia um so that actually might be good for us and if anything it shows people that capitalism although not perfect does work because ultimately putting the keys or the, in the driver's hands and the driver being the, the, the small folk of the economy working itself up to medium, large, and ultra-mega-cap-sized ultra businesses, I feel like that would just be more of a, a line in the sand of this is why capitalism works. And yeah, there is no utopia. There is no... This is perfect. I think that's what the left gets wrong and what they constantly search for and they'll never find. There's no perfect. Somebody has to lose. Sorry that you want to give out 12th place trophies, but that's not how it works in the real world. You have to, you have to make yourself unique and known and wanted, and you have to different, differentiate yourself from the person next to you. Why do you... Why, why, why do we like going to Moxa for, for beers? 
they're a really good local brewery and they're completely different than the other one down the street that does something different. Both of those breweries can stay open down the street from each other, both being breweries because they do something different better than each other. Mm -hmm. You have to do that. And that's the beauty of capitalism and why America is so good. And anybody that doesn't live in America that's come here because of that will tell you that. And the, the hard part is a lot of those people that, you know, bitch and moan about how America sucks and how we're, you know, not good, you know, have dry ass passports. They've never been out of their state, maybe. So you have to understand that what we are dealing with as far as when things are not good are on the upper top 0.01% of not being good and really are pretty good. Um, we are allowed to speak our mind. We're allowed to do a lot of things that you're not allowed to do a lot of places. We're allowed to invest in any way, shape, or form. We can go screw our money off in any way that we want. It's pretty great being in a capitalistic economy. You just have to stop complaining about not winning when you take a loss and use that loss to move forward to, towards your next win. And that that piece right there, if everybody did that, everybody would eventually win at different times, at different points, on different things, but everybody would eventually win and we wouldn't have this just huge pile of losers that we have and that's the people that, that kind of, you know, everybody ruins it for, for everybody. Those mm -hmm. are the people that ruin it for everybody, people right. who quit and kind of drag everybody down. So inflation peaked according to what you're feeling, your prediction is, Earnings have come out strong in most of the companies that have reported earnings this last week. GDP I negative one point six to now positive. Well, that's the percent is what there is at half a percent up, and I'm I don't see how that's. When I saw that consensus report come out positive, I have. Without seeing the data, how do they set a consensus? They have the data. Okay, so then they're basically it's is insider. So they're forecasting based off of insider data. And I'm, I'm honestly, guys, I'll tell you right now, this is probably the most Hail Mary I've had to throw in a long time. It doesn't make sense because there's data that I can't see and I don't know that's driving that report. But also, analysts are wrong all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, we see, look at earnings reports. Yep. How am I going to rely on the same people that make those reports for that GDP? Mm -hmm. They're pretty smack dab, though, last time on their negative. Um, I am still going to say that the, the I'm going to stick with, I, would, I, I want to be wrong this time. <laughs> I think it's going to be a negative GDP number. I don't know what it'll be. Um, that's going to be indicative of what I've been saying, that we've been in a technical recession and what a lot of people have been saying. Um, it's also going to fit into that puzzle that we've also said that if this is not a you know, recession, if anything, it's a slowing of growth. And that's typical with high inflation. Mm -hmm. um, that's the story that I'm going to be telling and I'm going to be waiting for. If we get a positive GDP number, I'm not sure how high the stock market will go. I would, I, it would be a, I would expect it to be in a, a, one of the best days maybe ever in the history of the stock market as far as rates of return you can make on a broad market index or maybe some stocks that are trading in the stock market that day that are mid cap, large cap, and mega cap getting returns or maybe even almost fully recovering out of their dips. That would be unbelievable. That's that's you know optimistic scenario. Right. Uh, the pessimistic scenario in me says that we get a seventy-five basis point hike. He says what I said. You know, hey, we're going to get seventy-five basis points, and we're going to stay back, and we'll be ready to do what we've been ready to do, and that that's essentially we're going to raise interest rates again. That's probably going to send the stock market down. Somewhere in between is what's going to happen. I just don't. I just. I can't put a scenario where we have a positive GDP number in my head and make it make sense. And that's okay. You know, this is how we're, we're we going to learn something this yeah. week. I hope to God it is. Don't put any, uh, don't put any big bets that it's going to be positive. Don't put any big bets. that It's going to be negative. I would just expect it to be negative and have a big smile on your face. If it's positive, if it's positive, that is going to change everything because that, we would have had a 
you know, 210 basis point flip in three months. Well, yeah, because the market has been baking in that it's 100% going to be negative. Correct. And then all that spread Spread, has to get covered in the stock market back to positive because then that catalyst has been covered and it's going to look at the next catalyst. And so I think what happened is if, if it is positive, the next catalyst is going to be, okay, well, inflation has peaked. Is it now? Is it going down? Or is the Fed going to give us guidance at their next minutes that they're going to now not raise interest rates? And if things stay this way they are, we're going to get a, hey, we're going to leave things alone. Those things are the things that, and I was telling Matt this before the show, this is why we don't try to time the market and why we stay fully invested in quality assets because missing a day like that, the optimistic one that I said. Yeah, let's say in a perfect world. Could could literally bump your portfolio. It would be millions of, it could be millions to hundreds of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars over your lifetime, more money because you were in that market without one day. So I have a question, not financial advice. You got... 10 racks sitting on the side that you could give two shits about Mm -hmm. with those potential that's like rolling up to the poker table knowing that you're gambling but saying i'm i'm seeing some stuff here that i feel confident getting a little bit more aggressive with how i'm gonna play in the next week would you suggest money go into if this was pure gambling and speculation it could go to zero it could double would you suggest somebody put some money in with this potentially being one of the most historical weeks of the stock market with those potential variables at play if they were to line up if those dominoes were all to fall would it be a fun exercise to throw 10k and where would you throw it i think that if everything lined up the way that it did this is not your fundamental traditional style of investing that we're talking about right but if i wanted to get saucy and throw 10k at it what would you tell me to do um i would i would have my non-financial advisor side and i would say that sounds great and if that works that would work i would just say though that there's still so much risk that it wouldn't why not just chunk it up and put it in over a couple months? No, but I know that your financial advisor is telling me. I am. I want gambling penny slot Ryan to tell me what to do with my 10K right now. I would say Without then, this being financial advice. Yeah, guys. I would say <laughs> that if that person asked me that specifically, I would hypothetically tell that person, all right, great, let's put all 10K in and I'll get it invested as fast as I can. Once the cash settles, I'll get it invested as fast as I can. Because that person would have just told me that they're willing, that they don't care about that. They're just, they're, they have a gut feeling that they think that I'm more right than I might be. Yeah. Um, and if that person wants to bet on that, that's fine. I almost always, um, and you'll know this if you, if you work with me, I almost always, minus if we're setting up an account brand new or something like that, we'll, we'll take lump sums and split them over. Because statistically and historically, it's a smarter thing to do. Mm. Um, a lot of advisors will put the lump sum in up front because, you know, light. let's put the light switch on. I bill on every dollar I have discretion over. If, mm-hmm. I, if we put it in over a few months, I don't bill on the money that's not in there yet. So I would make more money by you putting it in faster because mm. I could bill on the whole value. Yeah. So it, it's really, when I tell people to do stuff, it's 100% in their best interest. Yeah. A lot of the times people have to get out of their way. And, you know, I have to tell people this sometimes. You are not the advisor. Yep. And I'm telling you what to do. Don't have to do it. Yep. But I'm not going to do what you tell me to do. Because yeah. that's not my, my job. Um, 10K slapper right in would be a big, big risk. I would, personally, I'd split it up either over four months or two months. That's what I would do. Or I would do two months and do biweekly contributions of $2,500. That would be a smarter way to dollar cost average. And all that money still goes in. It just may go in on the dip mm-hmm. versus going in, boop, and then having to ride the dip and get back up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It also, to me, just feels better. Yeah. I just like doing things the way that I do them and have been historically successful at. 
I even pay my life insurance monthly, just like you pay your life insurance monthly. A lot of people pay it annually. I prefer to pay it monthly because mm-hmm. I'm dollar cost averaging on the indexes. Yep. So it's just that same idea of money now is worth more than money than all that stuff. Um, if you're hearing this stuff, though, and you're thinking about you know doing this or if you work with me or... If you have a portfolio and you haven't yet, you should take a, a, a reach out. I mean, we've been looking at the last few people that I've looked at. I went, I had somebody call in that had like a 17 or 18% chance of success in their current plan. And we flipped it to a 91% chance of success at another one that we had like a 64% chance of success. We got it to a 99% chance of success. So take the time to invest in your investments and turn them from just investments to a financial plan. You just got to text the word X-ray to 844-447-1555 and I will have Phil reach out to you and I'll get on your, you'll get on my calendar and I'll give you a phone call and we can make it work from there. Same with Matt's stuff. Text or, word or you or you can come to our Napa. event, or, the Wealth or Wine and Dine Meetup event. Uh, text the word Napa if you want to get in person, spend some time with us. Look forward to spending some time with all you guys, man. Um, I'm, I'm really excited about that event. I'm really excited about the Tahoe event. Um, and just, again, getting in proximity to other big thinkers, hard chargers. I mean, many of the Millionaire Mindcast listeners that we have had the um, you know fortunate opportunity to connect with, I mean, there are some absolute killers that make, you know, me feel like I'm underachieving. They're so doing really good. this community is amazing and we want to continue finding ways to get other members in connection, in collaboration together and experiencing, you know, I always say like money's great, but money is a tool that allows me to do the things that ultimately like really light me up and fire me up. Boom. And, you know, when you think about the four different kind of stages of what money unlocks for you, it unlocks time freedom, it unlocks relationship, it unlocks income freedom for one, which then unlocks your time freedom, which then as you unlock that time, it really gives what most people want to do with that time, which is relationship freedom, serving and pouring in and crafting the best relationships that matter most to them. Doing, I always say, doing life with people that you love doing life with Mm -hmm. not having money be a restraint on that part of your life can really allow you to enhance and open up and elevate relationships that go to a whole new level of doing life with people you love, which then ultimately, you know, through relationships gives you a bigger viewpoint and opportunity and perspective on how you can go out and create service freedom, which is truly serving people, passions, missions, causes, you know, projects, things that you want to give your money to. And so that is ultimately what we are going to continue creating with our Millionaire Mindcast community is finding ways to help people unlock that income freedom to then have control over their time to then invest it in the people, right? And the relationships that matter to you that ultimately allow you to go and have the greatest impact and service while you're here on this earth as well. Don't get me wrong. We want to make a shitload of money and we plan to continue doing that on the Millionaire Mindcast. And for all of you listening, bringing as many tools, strategies, resources, and individuals that can help you do that. Um, But at the same time, you know, investing in the other areas of life beyond what, you know, your bank account shows, I think is equally as important and to be done in parallel with this journey as well. So With that being said, we got some exciting stuff we're going to be talking about and probably releasing some live stuff uh, on our Instagrams, on Twitter, uh, keeping you guys up to date on our thoughts, our opinions. If you guys think this would be a great live show, you can call in, you can tune in, you can ask questions live. Uh, Just text live to 844-447-1555. Just trying to gauge how many people would want to, um, you know, interact with us in a live show format. Um, and don't forget to head over to millionermindcast.com. We got some more information coming out. Uh, text the word Napa Tahoe X-ray to 844-447-1555 to get on those lists, to get more information on those items. With that being said, we love y'all. We'll see you next week's episode. Cheers. Cheers, y'all. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Wealth Building Wednesday. Be sure to tune in next week for more news and updates If you got some value from today's show, all we ask is that you either leave a review on whatever podcasting platform you enjoy listening to this content on, 
or share this with somebody that you know can gain some insight, some value from it. One of the things that you guys know about Ryan and I is, you know, we definitely won't say we have all the answers and we definitely won't say we know it all. We just want to bring conversation to the areas, the topics that we believe are really important to bring attention and awareness to, to help you sharpen your ax, put more tools on your tool belt, weaponize you to make the best decisions that align not only with your financial goals, right, but your lifestyle goals. So if you guys want to take advantage of Ryan's free financial x-ray on your investment portfolio, all you have to do is text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. Most people have no idea what they're being charged from a fee perspective, or really in most cases, overcharged, and whether or not their current investment plan is actually aligned with what they're trying to accomplish and by when. And this is something Ryan does for all of our listeners for free. So be sure to take them up on that x-ray, one word, 844-447-1555. Also, if you are someone who is serious about building your wealth and you're already kind of established, but you want to surround yourself with other like-minded, high net worth individuals, be sure to text WEALTHCAMP, one word, to 844-447-1555 to learn more about our intimate five-star experiences with other like-minded business owners and investors to cross-pollinate, to hear what they're doing, and to have a whole, a whole hell of a lot of fun while we're doing it. And last, if you want to know more about consulting or getting mentorship directly from me or from Ryan, you can learn more by texting the word MENTOR to 844-447-1555. With that being said, that's all for this week. Until next Keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March to a million and beyond. Cheers, my friends.